first time in forever. Hello and welcome to the Crew Review Podcast, a Columbus Crew Post Game Show where me and another writer from Massive Report review the crew. That angelic voice you just heard singing is me, your host, Andrew Atkins, and joining me today for a second time is a very special co-host. He is none other than Doug Hildreth. Doug, how you doing today? I'm much better now. I, I'm a, a Liverpool fan and a Browns fan, and I thought you were gonna you were gonna have to just have to talk me down off the ledge if the crew lost. So, so the crew saved the weekend for me. The crew had me so happy. I was singing. Yeah. I'm telling you, I'm a, frozen. <laughs> I'm a Manchester City fan and a crew fan. And I've developed this theory that uh, how Manchester City performs is the same way the crew's going to perform. And it started a few weeks ago when City won and then crew won. Then the next week, City lost and crew lost. City drew, then crew drew. Last week, City didn't play. Crew didn't play. So <laughs> tonight... That's, this week, that's pretty sound. I think you yep. got. I think you got the starting of a theory there. I'm on to something because City won last night. Crew uh-huh. won tonight. So it, it's seeming like things are going my way. But regardless, I'm already. I think you can tell how how I'm doing emotionally. But we have to make it official. Introductions out of the way. We have to get into our first segment of the night. A little thing I like to call emotional overreaction. So Doug. I ask you to shut off that analytical side of your brain, reach down into your heart, pretend that you're on Twitter, and just spew out the first thing that comes into your mind. What was your emotional overreaction for tonight? It's about bleeping time. Um, <laughs> you know, we we have we we this this team has shown so much talent. I was I almost said promise, but the 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 amount of time that they they showed it, they. It's it's definitely talent and ability and skill and um, you know we can only we can only rely on uh, oh well we don't have Darlington Nagby and we don't have Jazzy Zarda or not Jazzy Zarda we don't have uh, Lucas Alarion uh, so long before we can you know we we, we got to perform and it's appropriate I think it's appropriate that one of our best showings in the last several weeks comes on a playoff clinching game. So I got to feel, got to feel good about that. Yeah. And you know, the, the funny thing about it is this lineup that we had tonight is arguably worse than the lineup we put on the field against Cincinnati. And -hmm. they came out and performed so much better. And that was kind of my frustration is we're talking about all these injuries holding us back and, and they're not because I've seen this lineup or, or worse lineups. I've seen, all through the season, no matter what team we put on the pitch, as long as we are performing and we are playing with that mentality like we had tonight, we're pulling out results. It, it wasn't the lineup that was holding us back. It was, no. without question, the mentality of this team that's been holding us back. And my emotional overreaction is this crew, this mentality right now can go all the way. Yes. However... Yeah. I come with a caveat emotional overreaction. If Pedro Santos is out, we are screwed. That is my emotional overreaction. Yeah, I don't, I don't, there's only so much that we can, we can take and only so much um, depth that we can dig into. And when, you know, you take Darlington Agby, Lucas Elarion and Pedro Santos off the, the field, um, that's a ton of points and a ton of scoring uh on the bench and and you know i don't think we have that much depth to make up for it so it it, it makes it it makes it tricky hopefully ideally we'll have uh nagby and zelrayan um for the playoffs um but without santos who knows who knows when they're gonna come back i thought everybody was supposed to be back weeks ago but i i've I've kind of given up hope that I'm ever going to see Nagby's name on the starting 11 again. But I'll tell you, I almost – a few weeks ago, I posed the question, who would be more impactful losing than Darlington Nagby? Because I thought uh, Nagby leaving is just devastating for the team. But tonight, with that injury, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, it might be Pedro Santos. He has, for two seasons in a row now, been undeniably our best player. I don't know if he's the best – talented player on the team mm-hmm. 
but he is without doubt the most consistent player the crew have had for two seasons straight now. And losing him, that'll be devastating. And I'm really hoping it was just a little knock and I'm, I'm hoping we see him back on the pitch Saturday. I don't want to yeah. see him out one game. Yeah, he has, he has a motor. That's one thing. He, he, I, I mentioned this to a friend that he always looks like, if you're playing FIFA, it looks like he's, you're, he, you're constantly holding the sprint button with him. And he's just – he's all over the place. And that motor, I think, drives this team a lot. And there's a ton of talent and there's a ton of uh, playmaking ability. But more than anything else, that, that motor goes a long way to uh, – that w- would, would be a huge loss for the crew. Well, we're going to get into the crew review, but before we do, I'm going to ask you to do me a favor, Doug, and that yeah. is please do not mention FIFA again because I had, I had three things today that I had to do. One was go to church. Second was the uh, third birthday party for my beautiful baby boy. And the third was watch the crew and do this podcast. All of those things have taken me away from FIFA and I'm, uh, I'm telling you, if it gets mentioned one more time, this podcast might end immediately and I might be back into FIFA Ultimate Team because I'm hooked, brother. Is I'm it, hooked. Is it good? Is it, I, I've, been, I've been waiting. So this is, this is all the endorsement I need then. I'm, I'm I, on to it. I can't stop playing. If you want to hop on and uh, you know, go one-on-one with the uh, Crew Review SC – I'll see you on the pitch, but for now we have to move on to the crew review. By the name, by the way, my team name is not Crew Review SC. But regardless, time to go on to the crew review for Columbus Crew SC taking on New York City Football Club. The starting eleven for Columbus tonight looked like this. End goal we had Tarbell, who I'm hearing a, I'm hearing get a lot of flack, and I'm going to tell you what. I don't think Eloy Room would put on a better performance tonight than Tarbell did. So, yeah, I I have been nothing but impressed with with Andrew Tarbell. He he's, I mean, the one goal he let by, that's a worldie, man. That's that's that nobody's stopping that. And he he made some 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 fantastic fantastic uh, stops. I I've been, I've had no room for complaints with him. The only time I think I think all of this hatred or or whatever the the willingness to talk crap about Tarbell, I think it all stems from that terrible performance in the penalty kicks in MLS's back tournament. I think uh, I think the fan base just can't get over that. But I think if you just you you remove yourself from that game, you remove that game from the equation, I should say. Look, just at the regular season, he's done. He's a backup MLS goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. And and the saves he's coming up with in matches like tonight, I mean, get get out of here. So, moving on to defense, we had Milton Valenzuela, Abubakaida, who I was surprised to see starting again after uh, that awful performance against Cincinnati. But Williams not available tonight. Uh, we had Jonathan Mensa and Harrison Awful defensive midfield. We had Artur and Aiden Morris. Who, by the way, Aiden Morris Ooh. is my boy. That's my boy. Best, best two weeks in a row uh, coming into the night. And, man, he is just – can you believe this is a rookie? Can you believe this is a rookie backup, backup, back? I think he's our fourth string if we're looking at the initial pecking mm-hmm, order. Mm-hmm. And, and, and with as much time as Burhalter got early on, you, you thought that – He was know, the chosen one, right? Burhalter yeah, he was. was. He, was, he, was the, he was the go-to, but the – the true midfield play from Morris, like that, one of the things that I, that I took notes of was I felt like there wasn't a ton of midfield play. He was the exception. He was just, just brilliant. He was fantastic. The, the future is really bright with him. And I'm so I'm, I'm, I'm pretty excited about him. Yep. And the attacking midfield uh, for the first time this season lines up uh, Manuel Boateng on the left side, Pedro Santos in the center and Derek Etienne Jr. on the right side. Etienne, another one who I wasn't thrilled to see in the starting 11 because uh, last week's performance, not great. We'll get into Etienne, man. He, uh, he, what a match. Yeah. And I uh, he, Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say the striker, as always, Jossie Zardes. Now, the reason I got I to gotta rush through that, I, there's so much to, to really dive into with the starting 11 tonight because uh, last week I said – you could have replaced any one of our starting 11 and not had any difference of a game. It was a just yeah. garbage performance from everybody on the pitch tonight. However, 
I think everybody had time to shine. I mean, mm-hmm. there were moments that just everybody on the pitch really just made it. You could tell this team was motivated. You could tell this team was embarrassed and humiliated, which they, they should be losing yeah. to Montreal, losing to Cincinnati, uh, winless in four matches. They needed to come out and make a statement. And that's exactly what they did. So uh, the first individual moment of the night, I'd say uh, it's the 10th or 11th minute and uh, Abubakaida ends up scoring a goal flags up for offside, but right there was more from him than I could say the entire last match. Showed, showed a ton of, ton of uh, gumption and a ton of um, motivation. And, and from a center back group, that you know Mensa and Keda and William, Williams has been phenomenal. I I I had for a long time been opting for Keda, but Williams had had been fantastic. But just jumping out early, even if it's called offsides, I I like the the early um, uh, just getting after and the early the early um, tenacity that 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 takes. Yeah. Yeah, you could tell this team wasn't going to wait around for the second half to pounce like we've seen earlier in the season, even when we were successful early in the season. Uh, this team came out and they wanted, they wanted to make it happen. They wanted to get ahead and they wanted to make a statement victory. Uh, Santos and Zardes had some really good interplay through the, the first half and there were uh, quite a few times that, you know, the ball was either just a, a hair out of Zardes's reach or uh, throughout the match, there were quite a few times that, um, and I'll talk about it later, where Zardes was one-on-one with the keeper and it almost seemed like Zardes was a bit gun-shy. I don't know if uh, the little scoring drought he was kind of in was getting in his head or something, but we had seen Zardes just notoriously good at making it happen and getting the ball in the net through this season with some of the weirdest goals I've ever seen as a crew fan. Mm-hmm. But tonight it's like when he had these one-on-one opportunities that were just, how can you miss them? They were missing and they weren't missing. They were shots on goal, but I actually messaged you before the, before the podcast. And I said, uh, shots on goal should be renamed shots on Johnson tonight. Cause yeah. we're just kicking the ball directly at Johnson. <laughs> and I mean, look, Spoiler alert, we win the match and we win it pretty definitively. So I'm not going to complain. I'm not going to nitpick. But uh, Zardes, really, right until the end of the match, it just seemed like uh, he had kind of lost his mojo a little bit. Yeah, and I think if there's, if there's something you want to nitpick with this in regards to those near misses, it's the fact that you know, if we're not as, as definitive – the you know we we that could pe- potentially have been a four one, even five one game. There was plenty of real legitimate chances that that and it's it's almost as hard as of old um, last year where it was just like he he oh 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 what are you doing <laughs> and 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 he's it's the it he had proven himself and kind of moved away from that and tonight it was just it was a little frustrating to see that because there are so many good looks that as a striker, you want to just finish it, just bury, bury it, top shelf, take care of business. And, and he, he double gunned it a couple of times and just, it was not, uh, he, I think you're right. He just, I think he's just gun shy. Right. Well, we saw the inverse of what we've been seeing through these losses where the last couple of matches, it just felt like the entire first half was being played in our back third. And, and we were just mm-hmm. absorbing all of this pressure and, and our defense just wasn't holding up to that kind of pressure. Well, this match, we were just keeping the pressure on New York City throughout the entire first half. We had a lot of times where, you know, uh, Zardes was one-on-one with Johnson or uh, Etienne was one-on-one with Johnson, who Etienne had a great match. Artur was one-on-one with Johnson. Uh, Boateng had a one-on-one time with the keeper. Like mm-hmm. you said, this match could have been 7-1 to one had Johnson not came up with as many saves as he had. And, uh we had our tour man, the star of the first half, ends up he, he's stuck in the corner, pinned down in the corner of of the attacking third with uh, two in, in New York City players on him. Ends up fighting through several of them to get the ball into the box. Uh, Zardes has the ball right in front of goal, but it's poked away from him by New York City. Artur runs up, follows it up, scores his first goal in two years, one nothing crew, and man. 
the joy in all of the crew. Like, every player on the pitch was in that celebration. You could tell they needed this to get their confidence back. This team has been shaken since Toronto, I argue. Since Toronto, that, that loss shook this team to its core and seemed to have really just done a number on the mentality of this team. So that's one thing I, I kept noticing today is when they scored the genuine joy and elation on their faces, you could tell it meant everything to them. And I'm telling you what, as a crew fan, I felt it. It meant everything to me too, because I think the fans needed this win just as much as the players did. I think it's, I think it's how, how we lost the last couple of games that is, is frustrating. There's been some, we'll say questionable refereeing. Um, there's been some, some pretty frustrating calls and some pretty frustrating action. Now, that's not to excuse away. I mean, especially against Cincinnati, they, they were just poor throughout. But, you know, it can be frustrating when you think you're doing the right thing. You think you're, you're making some, some headway and outside forces end up making that, making it so challenging to be successful. And so I think to, to get ahead relatively early, I mean, that, that was – what like uh like thirty minutes on the goal or um that he, yeah it was think, a little before the thirtieth minute yeah and to get ahead like that um early on um and you're right they were they were putting the pressure on from 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 Jump Street and the long balls were working and I think when you score and you go ahead and there's not that kind of frustration man it, it becomes a lot more fun and you're like this is what we what we've been looking for. Yeah, it just looked like they, they, they had this mental block that they needed to get through where for the last few games, if we went down one nothing, or if we gave up a penalty kick or what have you, there was no feeling of, of hope for me as a crew fan. Uh, when we went down one nothing to Cincinnati, I, I talked about it last week. I wanted to turn the game off. I thought this is over. This game's done. Tonight, if we would have went down – the way they were playing, just the, the mentality of the team, the entire – everything that I saw on the pitch, I would have wanted to stay with this game, and I would have thought we could have came back and won it. And that's why I talked about the bad refing. It's a factor. Giving, yeah. giving up penalty kicks that shouldn't be given, yeah, that's, it's a factor. And the fact that crew can't stop a penalty kick, it's a factor. But if we were to give up a penalty tonight because of bad refing, we would have still won this match because we played like we played the first half of the season. And that's, that's why I don't take bad refing as an excuse as to why we lost FC Cincinnati. This is the same team we beat four to nothing. Yeah. One goal should not make it so we lose to FC Cincinnati. One goal should not make it so we lose to Montreal Impact. So we came out here tonight against a team that's better than both of those teams, and we got a result because we played the way that mm-hmm. – we're used to seeing them play when they get wins. So, you know, we, we can talk a little bit more about the first half. Uh, towards the end of the first half, New York City really did start pressuring the crew back. But crew held out. Crew played some good defense. The only thing is there was a, uh, there was a corner kick taken by New York City where, uh, man, uh, I think it was Aiden Morris left, left uh, one, of, one of New York City's players wide open. They get a head on it. There's a deflection, so it ends up going wide, but it looked really dangerous. Um, so that kind of keep that in mind for later. But we enter into halftime, one nothing crew, and it's the best I had felt for a while. Uh, the New York City did put a lot of pressure on crew going into half, but there were no clear chances other than maybe that, that header. Um, but I'm telling you, I felt really good, really good going into halftime. How did you feel going into halftime, Doug? Good, good. I, I, think, I think something that I came away with was that they were finding ways to be successful outside of their usual. Um, there was a lot of play on the outside. There wasn't as much happening through the middle as if when, when you would have a Nagby and, and Del Rayon to, to kind of feed it that way. They were doing a lot more, you know, through Etienne and – that's an excellent point. That's an excellent point because Etienne had a phenomenal game. And, and yeah. you're right. There was a lot going through the outside as opposed to being fed through Santos. Go on. And not just, and not just you know, sometimes when they do that, if, if, they, if they're getting desperate, it'll just be, you know, Harrison Awful throwing long balls in from the corner. It was meaningful, meaningful play 
from the outside. Um, and the, and the communication with one another was much better. The big thing I took away from FC Cincinnati was their passing was just as sloppy as sloppy could be. You know, atrocious. They, Atro- they, not just Cincinnati. This goes back three matches. Our passing yeah. has been atrocious. And it, it was so much better. And, and it was very, very optimistic. And it was one of those things where it's like, they, I, I did not, like you, I didn't feel... I didn't feel a pressure. I didn't feel intending doom. I felt like this is something for me, it was never really in question. It was kind of the crew of old and which is, which is good because this lineup is not the crew of. No, the the first time that the attacking half lined up this way, that's, what's funny Mm. about it. The passing was so much better. And you said the communication's getting better, but this is the first time that Boateng Santos and Etienne had all played uh, as as the midfield together, but man, it, it looked the best our midfield had looked in a long time, and and maybe that comes with wanting to prove yourself. Maybe that comes with having to sit on the bench and watch as Diaz and Mokhtar scoop up all the starts. So when you get your chance, now Boateng didn't really impress last week, and and really neither did Eddie. But as I said, nobody impressed last no. week. So you get your chance against New York City at home on a on a winless drought. And maybe that maybe that's part of it. Maybe that's part of the motivation for Eddie and to have just a killer game. And and I think it's I think it's motivate it's it's uh, encouraging because they they're able to do this. It, it seems like a system thing. It's not a it's not a one player thing. You can't I, as I look at this lineup, I don't see some. Well, it was obviously Aiden Morris that came in and was a spark plug. You know. They, they were doing it as a team, which shows a little bit of a, of a system, a little more of a culture that is encouraging because if you can figure out a way to win with a kind of a, you know, a, a piece, piecemeal lineup that, like this, then you're – and win decisively, you've got a culture. You've got a, you've got a system, and, that's, and that's, that's, optimistic. that's optimistic for me. Yeah. Now, moving into the second half – uh, New York City continues that pressure that they were putting on towards the end of the first half. Uh, Medina or Medina ends up getting a, a wide open shot on goal from distance. Uh, Tarbell's able to get the save. A minute later, New York City has uh, a high pass into the box that's just right in front of Tarbell, but a hair too far for their forward, so it ends up not being not being too big of a deal. So we have a few minutes of pressure, but. We end up having Eddie in coming up huge, strips New York City, crosses it into Santos, who we've seen this goal, it, it seems like, a hundred times this season. Fed right to Santos, right in front of the goal. Santos delivers, puts it in the back of net, 2 nothing crew. Man, right here is where I just, oh, I exhaled, and I thought, we're back, baby. Yeah. This is Columbus crew. This is 2020 yeah. crew. We are back, baby. And it's that, that through pass by Etienne, I, that was, that to me was, I mean, it takes a lot for, for Santos to finish that. That's, there's no, there's no denying that, but that, that feed by Etienne. It was perfect. It was just, yeah. Yeah. It was on a string. I'm fairly positive that I could have finished that goal. (laughs) Probably not, but, uh, but you know, Santos was able to finish it. And that's what Santos does is he's, he's consistent. He's, he's, he's maybe not always, he doesn't have maybe the, the talent of a Zellerion or, 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 or Zardes, but he's consistent and he's, and he's motivated. And it's, that's, that's exactly what a Santos goal looks like. And that's why I'm petrified of what happens later because Santos is Mr. Consistency. And yeah. I, I don't remember who it was on the pod a few weeks ago said the best I have so many different co-hosts, man. We have so many matches. We're playing like 14 times a week. I can't keep up with who says what. But somebody said the best ability is availability, and that Mm -hmm. is Pedro Santos. That is a man who just, no matter what, no matter if it's Iguain going down or Zellerian going down, whatever role he's called upon to fill, he's just doing phenomenally. So, look, uh, Tarbell comes up with a few more just really key saves throughout the match. 55th minute. Look, I've said it over and over again. I'll say it again. There's three things this season that are killing Columbus crew, killing them. Number one is penalty kicks. We have very seldom converted a penalty kick in our favor 
and I don't think we have yet to block one. No. Uh, we saw us get knocked out of MLS's back tournament, and I brought that up a lot. I know I'm beating a dead horse, but here's, my, here's the reason I bring it up. We're playing a one-game playoff system this year. Mm-hmm. If we end in a draw, guess what we're doing? We're going yeah. to penalty kicks. And I don't have any confidence in this team being able to advance through the playoffs if penalty kicks are necessary to get us there. So number one is penalty kicks. Number two is bad refing. This is the first match in four games where we uh-huh. haven't got a penalty called against us. That was just bogus. But number three is set pieces. We are just terrible at defending set pieces. And we see it again tonight. We see it cost us again, 55th mm-hmm. minute, New York City with the set piece. Uh, they, they take a corner kick, get the head on it, back of the net, 2-1. Columbus crew still up, but New York City pull it pull goal back and they they narrow that gap. I like I said though, I saw it happen and it almost felt more towards the beginning of the season. The the feeling I had as a fan where I, I didn't immediately start panicking like oh no, I felt like okay okay we can we can weather this storm. Yeah, there's that 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 saying that there's more goals left in this game and there were so many opportunities. And you had to figure that there's going to be some finishing that was going to happen. And, and they had been so good for so long that it would have, had, it would have been awfully fluky if, they had, if that had been the turning point for something. So, I, I, yeah, I, it sucks. You don't, want, you, don't, you don't ever want to concede. Um, and the communication with that, I mean, it was a world-class finish. He should not have been available you know, he should not have been open to finish it like that. Yeah, and um, we're seeing that a lot where I just don't know what it is. We just – we haven't figured out how to successfully defend penalties this season. And I'm hope or not penalties, set pieces, I mean, my, my bad. But I, I hope it's something we can figure out because, you know, we're also a team that allows quite a few set pieces. Uh, we allow a lot of corners. It's just kind of our – you know, our defense is good at getting a body part in there and deflecting, but that comes with – allowing a lot of corner kicks. So we have to figure out a way to stop this from being converted into goals because, like I said, we're coming really close to playoff time. It's right around the corner, and mm-hmm. now is the time where those little things that aren't that big of a deal throughout the course of regular season, they become make or break. Are you going to win an MLS Cup, or is it going to be another year where we you know, make it a round or two into the playoffs? These are the, these are the little errors. These are the little things we have to iron out if we want a, a chance at being MLS Cup champions. Yeah, that's, I mean, champions do things, the little things well. And right. this is not just a little thing, this is a big thing. And, and um, scoring, scoring lots of goals are great, but if you're going to concede, you know, set pieces like that, you're not, you're not going to get far. And, it's, and you're, and you're going to have, have struggles and, and you know, I don't know if it's a communication thing. I don't know if it's, you know, if it's a consistency thing, but, you know, they have to, they have to figure, figure that out because it's, it's been kind of their kryptonite, you know, non, non-refing associated. It's been their kryptonite all season. Right. Now you talk about big things and I'm going to talk about something that could potentially be huge. And that is Pedro Santos going down in the 65th, 64th or 65th minute. Uh, Santos goes down and he doesn't come back up. We end up seeing Eunice Mokhtar coming on for him. Santos is down for a while. And when he comes off the field, he's just, you can tell he's hurting. I mean, Santos is good at uh, pretending like he's hurting. And Santos is good at, (laughs) you know, Santos is good at uh, uh, looking like he just got shot. But tonight it was genuine. It was pain. And he comes off the pitch after putting in a, a hell of a performance. So I don't think they would have pulled him if, if it wasn't serious. I'm hoping, I'm praying, I am pleading to whatever soccer god can hear my prayers that Santos doesn't miss any time because who else do we have that can step into that number 10 role? I, I cannot think of anybody. I, it, the, the cupboard, we're, we're, running, we're running out of players and, and we're running out of depth and quality players. and. Um, if we're if 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 we lose Santos, and obviously if we still continue to not have not Nagby and Zellerion, I mean I, I I said this earlier, that's a lot of goals 
a lot of, of, of talent, just pure raw talent, not yeah. on the field. Yeah. And, and Nagby can slot that. in. Nagby can slot into that number 10 role. We saw it one time this season, but it was a really good performance. But, man, we could really use Nagby back in that defensive mid. So, I, yes. I just hope it's not – I hope it's not anything serious, but 2020s, 2019 plus 2020s got me jaded, got me terrified. Yeah. I just, injuries are just, they're just the worst this year. And it comes with the season. And I've gotten up on my soapbox and I've shamed, shamed, shamed MLS. But hey, I stand by it. MLS should be embarrassed of the schedule they're asking these players to play. And, and you see it. You see that every team is just riddled with injuries. And I'm telling you what, to make a quick buck, to, to make sure you still get through uh, X amount of games, it's embarrassing. It's humiliating. I don't even want to support it as a fan, but dang it, I love Columbus Crew. So I'm right here. <laughs> <sighs> off, my, off my high horse, back to the match. I'm looking at my notes, and, and the one word that keeps popping out to me is Tarbell, Tarbell, Tarbell. Save, save, save. I mean, man. What a performance. I know he got scored on once, but Room would have got scored on on that goal as well. Tarbell yeah. came up huge. Big game for Tarbell. His best match of the season, if I say so myself. Um, but the only other uh, real super notable thing of the match is there, there's a few times it, it keeps happening where Zardes gets in these positions where he's one-on-one -on -one with the keeper and he just – hesitates a, a bit too long it ends up happening uh the 75th minute Zardes one-on-one -on -one with Johnson hesitates gets a shot off and it's blocked I think the uh offside flag ends up coming up for it anyway but the the point is mm -hmm. you have to convert these chances when you're one-on-one -on -one with the keeper and we've seen Zardes do it throughout the season so a few minutes later Zardes gets another incredible ball fed to him, hesitates too much, and is stripped from the ball. And, and the question I ended up writing in my notes and I, and I posed to you tonight is, is, is Zardes gun shy? Is something in Zardes's head where he he's, uh, doesn't have that confidence to finish like we've seen? We've seen balls this season where some of the best strikers in the world would be hard-pressed to come up with some of the goals he's that one behind his back in particular where he wrapped his foot around and tapped it in that was that was oh. goal of the year worthy you know but now uh -huh. it's like one-on-one -on -one with the keeper and you can't you can't even take the shot what's happening with Zardes he's he's he seems so streaky to me um he'll he will go through these these streaks of just absolute brilliance where he's just like earlier this season where he he can't put his foot on the ball without it going in the back of the net. Right. Or his and nose. Then there's, there's the, yeah. And, and, or his butt. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean he has, he's his had butt, some yeah. plays off of any body part this season. And, and then he goes to these, and, and I think he only makes it worse because he'll, he, he gets in his head with it. I mean, what was it? I think was it last year where he, he was at, yeah, it was uh, home against Cincy, Cincy where he's at the front door and just like skies it, it's, yeah. it, it almost took skill to not put it in the net. And, yeah. and tonight there's a couple of the, you know, when he's one-on-one -on -one and he, and he dumps off the Mokhtar, it's, it's, it's a selfless play, but dude, you're, you're the striker. You're, you're, you're but it almost doesn't come across as selfish, selfless. It almost comes across as uh, a shook a little bit. It almost comes across yes. as I don't want to take this shot. I don't want to risk missing or or having mm -hmm. it blocked so i'm going to give it to you and and he waits too long and he ends up allowing it to be stripped now i'm hoping this has been my theory with luis Diaz through the first half of the season when he was seeming like he was just knocking on the door i thought if he could just get a goal it's going to calm him down and settle him down to the point where he's going to be scoring every game diaz still has yet to get on the score sheet but uh zardes is no you know he's no stranger to the score sheet but I think he just needed to get it, get back on the score yeah. sheet to get back out of his head. And thankfully, Zardes, you talked about how he, he's been brilliant at points. I actually wrote the word brilliant here. I said 90th minute, Zardes with some brilliant football, strips New York City of the ball, bites his way down the pitch, mm -hmm. through pressure, lays the ball off to Artur, who gets into the box. Uh, and, and Artur draws a penalty. He gets tackled really hard. Uh, and yeah. our tour is down a while and I'm sitting there, New York city, 
it, it seems their whole game plan when we're playing the crew is let's just foul the hell out of them and hope that if we kill them all, they can't play soccer. That's, that's my theory on, on their game plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Zardes did everything to make that play happen. Artur got in the box and Artur took the penalty, but brilliant play from Zardes who ends up taking the penalty. Now I talked about it last week. I, I don't get excited when Cruz awarded a penalty. I don't sit there and fist pump and be like, yeah, because I just expect nothing. Yeah. And Zardes gives me nothing. He takes the penalty and it's easily denied by Johnson. But uh, similar to what we saw in MLS's back, Zardes follows it up, pops it in the left side of the net, three to one crew. And I'm hoping, I'm, I'm hoping that's what Zardes needed to be like, all right, all right, I got my mojo back. That's uh, yeah. how Stella got her groove back. That's how Jossie got his groove back. He got back. <laughs> He got back on the score sheet. Columbus crew with a just a much needed win. Praise, praise all that is black and gold. Glory to Columbus. Three to one. Columbus takes home much needed three points. How did you feel coming out of it? I mean, you, you heard me. I was singing. I was singing when the <laughs> podcast started. So you know how I'm feeling. But how, how were you feeling with this? Good. You know, I, I judge you know especially professional teams by what's your long-term goal what's your long-term success and i you said this early early uh in the in the podcast that this this group at its best can put a long run in and this is that that group that can put a long run in and the encouraging thing is they put this long run in without some big names and they finished without one of their biggest names yeah and and so it's so encouraging to to see that and you say if this group, potentially, if we can get some, some reinforcements coming back from injury, um, can perform like that, it's, it's awfully optimistic and it's much needed. And it's so refreshing to see, see this group play competently. It was, it was almost – this season is so hard to, 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 to judge because we went such a long time without seeing anything – then we had this weird format with the MLS's back. And so mm-hmm. you, you took everything with a grain of salt. Then they came out pretty brilliant in the, in the first, first part of the restart. Then th- they just were so flat for, for, several, uh, for several games. That it was just like, what crew is crew is, is this year? Right. And this was very encouraging to see, to see the, the, the good crew come back. I don't know if yeah. it was Dr. Jekyll or Mr. Hyde, but it was good to see them back. It was, it was just everything I needed in life. It was so refreshing. I, I just, I had been so beaten down for, for weeks with, uh, you know, Man City was just really not giving me much to feel good about. And Liverpool was seeming like they were just going to go on a tear again. And, yeah. and it was all rolling into Columbus crew who just, they gave me so much hope and they seem to have just taken it all away from me where it's like, I'd almost, I'd almost rather you be bad all year than be that good and then lose to Cincinnati. But yeah, I'm not going to talk about that tonight because they, they came back and this is the crew. This is the crew that had me coming on this podcast every week saying we're going to win the MLS cup. That's the performance Mm -hmm. I saw tonight because the performance we put in tonight without Zellerion, without Nagby, without room Come on. I mean, that's imagine that mentality, that performance with a full squad. And and I just oh, I feel good. I feel real good. And I think if you if when we look back at this in hindsight, especially if the crew have a successful run in the playoffs, this is a game that you can look to this that they they gather together. It was a really a truly full team effort. There was no one player that that stood out amongst any any of the others yeah. it was a true team effort and they and they came off of what i mean it would be easy after montreal after cincinnati just hang your head mm-hmm. and especially if you're going to come up against this this really physical team and physicality has generally been a um a a, a uh, achilles heel for the crew and yeah. but they they stood up and 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 if we this might be a, a win that we look back to and say that NYCFC game back in, back in October, that was when they really hit their stride. That's when, when the magic started to happen. 
it's when they woke up. It's when they, yeah. it's when they realized they couldn't sleep through or sleepwalk <laughs> through the season, right? Because I think they just got so used to winning. And then they came up against a team in Toronto that you're not going to cakewalk through them. And no. Toronto just spanked the crew. And then at that point, you know, the season could go one of two, two ways where we come out like we did tonight and we rally and we fight and we win. Or it could go like it did against Montreal and Cincinnati where we're shook and we're in our own heads and we're defeated and we're playing defeated and we're taking losses to teams that it's just that's, – that's, that's where it's hard for me. Does an MLS Cup caliber team lose to Cincinnati? So that's a discussion for another day. Yeah. Today's a good it- day. I think it happens. I, I, it does happen. Not, it's MLS. It's yeah. the weirdest league in the world where there's just – there's no rules. It's, it's almost like a – it's almost like a black hole where, where you, you don't understand it. There's no physics. There's no laws. There's nothing that you can put your finger on. You know what I mean? Like you could study MLS mm-hmm. forever and you're never going to understand. There's no, there's no clear-cut best team in the league. There's and no you, clear – yeah. And well, and when you put that, like you said, there's so much I, I, parody, I guess, or or mediocrity, um, and, and and lack of of organ of, of you know consistency, and you put that in 2020, and you put <laughs> a crew team, a crew team that has been, you know, they went they went three or four months without playing, some at at, at one point going so long without seeing each other, and everybody did that. And then such a weird schedule getting back. And you mentioned this. It's it's a it's a it's just a slog of like Saturday and then a Wednesday and then a Sunday and then a Wednesday. And it's just you know that that can wear on you. The first half of the of the restart was a little more favorable favorable uh, season. This was a tougher a tougher outlook. And you know they they they, they had to they had to you know, they have to take their, take their lumps, I guess. Right. Well, look, we're feeling good. That was a good night. Last week I had a lot of trouble giving a best, best player of the, of the night because boy, was it just a doo-doo game. And uh, tonight's how I like it. You know, we have a segment, we give the best and worst every week and and that's where we're Mm -hmm. heading if you hadn't caught on. But uh tonight's the night where I'm sitting here thinking, who can I possibly call worse tonight? So I feel good about that. That's a good problem to have. I don't want to go into yeah. a best and worse and think I can't give a best to anybody. So that's, a, that's <laughs> this is where I want to be. So before we move on, I'm going to clarify Columbus crew is the greatest team the world's ever seen. You don't get to play for the crew. If you're not an elite caliber of player, you have to be the best. So with that said, it's time to give our best and worst player of the match, but we call it the best, best player of the match and the worst, best player of the match. It's the most confusing title in the history of titles, but I'm devoted to sticking with it. So, Doug, who was your best, best player of the night? My bestest, best, best player, I, it's got to be Derek Etienne Jr. Um, I mean, he was, he was brilliant throughout. and and I got to um, stop letting my co host go first because as, <laughs> am I taking your answer? You're taking my answer, but go on. And that's because it's, I think it's the right answer um, because I said it. And um, also <laughs> because, I mean, he was just, he was just so, so brilliant without or throughout. Um, there was, the, we mentioned it earlier that they're playing on the outside and through the outside so often, but it was, it was logical, sensible play. It wasn't just. just and it was probably the most successful the night we've had of playing through the outside all season long. Yes off of a guy who is typically a substitute, if that. There's many games mm-hmm. he doesn't play at all. And I, I love Luis Diaz. I love his pace. Don't get me wrong. And I think that there's a ton of ability there. But I think the, there's a little bit of, of discipline that, that Etienne brings that helps with that. You know, in a lot of situations where um, you know, Luis Diaz would just – Luis Diaz has not found a shot he doesn't like. I think he he would shoot from from the 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 mega tailgate if he had the opportunity, and it was still happening right now. Right. Um, but Etienne is, is a little more disciplined and allows the rest of the team to shine. Right now, 
honorable mention for me goes to Aiden Morris. Uh, uh, just another fantastic match. Uh, he third third week in a row where I'd say he's my bright spot in terms of. I, I just can't wait to see where this kid's career goes. Imagine a couple years playing with Nagby and Artur back there, just just really learning off of some of these guys and Fataya Lache. And I am so excited to see where he goes because he is just great. But I have to I have to give my best best to Derek Etienne Jr. Just a phenomenal matchup, really really noteworthy matchup for him where he was just demanding your attention coming off of yeah. a week where against Cincinnati, where, like I said, you could have had 11 Fernando Adis out there last week and it wouldn't have made a difference. It would have been the same performance. So Derek Eddie and junior was the one tonight who it's like, okay, okay. I see you. I see you Eddie. And so he's my best, best as well. Who is this? This is where I'm struggling a little bit. Who's your worst best. This is going to be an unpopular answer. I swear to God, if you give my answer, because I have also what I consider (laughs) a really unpopular answer in my mind. So I, okay, let's say it on three. Okay. All right. All right. One, two, three. Jossie Zardes. Jossie Zardes. Oh my God. We're we're best friends now. I mean, and it's, and, and it sucks because up, up until up to the box, he's brilliant up to when he supposed his his final touch he was you, you you said it he had some amazing moments he's he is obviously a smart a smart soccer brain he is very talented but ultimately my dad talks about this with a catcher in baseball what is the name of the job his job is to score goals and he didn't he he fell down a couple times and that's you know that's in, in a lineup that was otherwise very, very consistent, very good, I think he's, I think, the, and it's, it's appropriate that he's the best worst. He was great, except for one little bit, and it's a very <laughs> right. important bit. It, even on the penalty kick, again, fails to convert a penalty kick, is able to follow it up, but anybody could have followed up that rebound. Like you said, you thought you could have scored that Santos goal. I could probably follow up that rebound. You know, you just got to get there first and the, the net's wide open. But if Zardes was on tonight, if Zardes was confident tonight, because I feel like he's the only player who wasn't on and wasn't confident. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to give a best worst to somebody who scored a goal. But if he was on and if he was confident, this could have been this could have been five one crew. So yeah. you know, I it like you said, unpopular best worst. And I had to get it in there because I knew you were going with it. And I'm like, no, no, this is mine. <laughs> but so I'm giving it to Jossie Zardes. Not a terrible performance, but nobody had a terrible performance tonight. And no. this was a game where everybody came out and really wanted to make a statement. Now, there's people I could – you could pinpoint some uh, errors on Abubakaita's part or, you know, little things here and there. But everybody had a solid performance. And like you said, Jossie – his his job is to score goals and he hasn't been yeah. he hasn't been doing that job very well lately and you have to you just have to you can't expect your defense to have these 10 game stretches where they're only being scored on four times that's not realistic and and we're seeing that the defense can't keep going like that forever so you got to you got to get the ball in the back of the net that's i mean you there's there's just that's soccer 101, right? You score goals, yeah. you win games. So Jossie, he's got to do, he's got to do a little bit better of a job on that. Doug, I will say, I might just be saying this because I'm in a real good mood tonight, and and Uh-oh. You, could, you could accuse me of saying this to all the co-hosts, but tonight, you were my best best I'm co-host. Extra pretty. Well, oh look at that. I mean, I didn't want to, I didn't want to be accused of being a flirt, but. I mean, you know, the you way know, the I, the way the lights hit in your eyes, you got me feeling a sort of way. All right. All right. Well this this has gotten uncomfortable and Well uncomfortable you did this to me. So <laughs> <laughs> I was just saying you're my best best co host and you've earned yourself a plug. So why don't you tell these I, fabulous listeners where they can find you? You can find me on Twitter at uh at I am Doug Hildreth and I also write occasionally for the massive report yes and you can also find him on twitter sliding into my dms 
I also also being in the middle of some sort of West Side Story podcasting turf war between you and and Thomas Gastel. <laughs> I feel like mommy You're, and daddy are fighting. And, you do and get caught in the middle down. of our beefs a lot, don't you? <laughs> it's it's very very uncomfortable, and you're gonna sit me down and tell me that Costello is gonna is gonna go podcast with other people, and 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 he's got and and it's, it's very very uncomfortable and and a little awkward sometimes. But Costello is a troll. Into your DMs. Costello is a troll. <laughs> and uh, anybody who listens to this podcast, if you want to go to at one Thomas Costello on Twitter, and uh, and just. Un- unleash hell on him. Let him know that he's a troll. Let him know that the crew review army has arrived, and we've had it. We've had it with those shenanigans. So for me, we're you can not find- gonna take it. We're not gonna take it. You got me singing <laughs> twice. For me, you can find me on Twitter at Andrew Atkins SC. You can find this show on Twitter at Crew Review Pod. For all your crew news, updates, analysis, go to MassiveReport.com. You can follow them on Massive Report. Doug, we got like a week until another game can you believe it and it's not you even because okay canceled this time oh, i'm so good with that no the, like, the, the wednesday evening ones are, are are a tough sell for me i like i like a nice saturday evening sunday evening let's 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 oh. have some weekend soccer again unfortunately it's super sunday evening it's a 9 p.m game and that's that's tough, but it's against Houston Dynamo, who got themselves a FC, like most uh, MLS teams now. They are Houston Dynamo Football Club, and they got themselves a fancy new uh, Major League Baseball logo. What do you think of their new logo? It's it's very dynamic. Ah, ah. Waka waka. No, you know, it's good. It's good. Yeah. It's not good. It's not good. I beg to differ. I don't think it's, it's okay. good. But I think compared to their old logo, it's fantastic. Yes, yes. So I, I don't, have, I have, I don't hate it. I I have a very, I could get go go long into this, but I I think one of the biggest things that plagues, not one of the biggest things, a big thing that plagues MLS is a lack of brand awareness, and it's yeah. like what what Microsoft Paint image are we are we calling ourselves this this time and you know just pick a logo stick with it and that's your identity logo call yourselves united call yourselves fc i you know okay i i hated the days of uh i really hated the days of the kansas city whiz and uh (laughs) but at the same time can we get anything besides united right now or fc i'm I'm so sick of it but this is not the logo review. This is the crew review. And we're playing Houston, and I just want to know who you got. It's got to be the crew, right? It's, I, mean, I mean, Houston has been less than stellar, and their com- and crew coming off this win. Um, May I remind I, you, we're on the road. It's a, that's, a long, that's a long, and that's probably a day of flight. So that, that's tough. So I'm going to say crew by a little. I'm going to say crew 2-1. I struggle to give a prediction because I don't know the status of Pedro Santos. And yeah. to me, that makes all the difference. So if we have Santos and we play the way we played tonight, I'm thinking 2-1. I'm going to be a little more cautious and say 1-1 just because I don't know if we have Santos and we have yet to get a win on the road. So I'm going with I'm going with one one this week, and with that we have done our job. We have wrapped up our end of the crew review. We reviewed the match. We uh, we overreacted. We predicted. We we did everything we needed to do. So now we turn to the audience. We turn to hashtag my crew review, a segment where I ask you, the listening audience, to give your reviews, and uh, we will read them live on air. First one comes from Speak of the Devil, the troll himself, Thomas. I Cicello. thought we might. <laughs> sneaking into our dms again we did at one thomas costello now he's not trolling in this specific post all he says is one week off woof and i agree i agree with that review but he also uh just minutes ago corrected my spelling of aiden morris so he's he's still at his trolling ways but i do feel good about a week off like we said did, did he use two spaces in his tweet that's a that's a very specific <laughs> deep, 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 deep Thomas Costello tweet. 
you're going deep with the Thomas Costello inside jokes here. Yeah, <laughs> so. he's yeah he he will die on that hill. Next one is Dan at Solon TLG says much better energy tonight. Morris and Artur paired well in the mid. Morris is the man. The energy was great. The mentality was great. I agree wholeheartedly. Much better. Mm -hmm. Much better performance. Next one comes from Roman at Hoodie Forest. I love Twitter handles. He says, much needed win. Hopefully this turns things around and we can get on another win streak. At the very least, let's get on another uh, no-loss streak. You know, draws draws aren't the most fun thing to watch in the world, but at least we're getting points. At least, yeah. so... Especially, I mean, especially if we're if there's no supporter shield, let's just gather up some <laughs> points. And the just, stupidest and just, thing ever. And 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 let's let's just make a good run to the into the playoffs. I agree. I agree. Uh, next one comes from Nathan Townsend at O Line sixty three. He says Aiden Morris man of the match. And then he corrects his spelling on the word Aiden. I don't know if maybe uh, Thomas Costello is, is uh, trolling him on Twitter and, and spell checking him as well. But uh, so that's, that's it for Nathan Townsend. Next one comes from Christian Townsend at CG town. Wonder if they're related. He says, almost wish we had a midweek game to keep this momentum going. No, no, no. That's a terrible, <laughs> terrible thing. Don't to you say. put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> we we need as many games off as we can get, as many days off as we can get, yeah. because we have to just get some get some uh some healthy players back on the pitch so badly. So um uh last one comes from Jason Palmer at PC for Life says when I grow up I want to play soccer like Aiden Morris. Did you spell it correctly? I already closed out of it. Let's just assume no, oh. and let's just assume that uh, Thomas Costello is is right there just shaming him. And actually, you know what? <laughs> I, I make this mistake where I read the thread and I don't go to actually hashtagging my crew review. So I did it, and we got my, my old pal Dubs at Olivia's Dad 17 who I missed two or three reviews in a row from because he's the only one who does it right. He's, he's hashtagging my crew review. He like it's going out of business. And what he said is dominated the first half, soaked up pressure in the second. Even in the second half, Columbus created better chances. Should have been five or six goals. Morris and Artur were the two best on the field. Overall, very impressive despite being shorthanded. Uh, Olivia's dad, 17, would you like to uh, co-host with me? Because I, I, feel like, uh, I feel like you're right there with us. You're saying everything yeah, that we're he, saying. So. Yeah, I mean – and. It's easy to sometimes it's easy to get wrapped up in a in a young player and the potential and the future and stuff. But man, he he, he just has such in Morris. However, you're you you'd like to spell his name, he has he has <laughs> just a natural look for the game and just I, I I was very very impressed with him. Well done. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And I feel like this was a really long review. I feel like we've been going for a long time, but it feels good to feel this good, doesn't it? yes like you know it's it when you don't have to walk away it's a sunday night it's late you don't have to walk away and go all right right, the crew won yeah at least that at least i got that going for me which is nice and i feel good and you know i don't care about football so the browns can lose all they want that doesn't affect me i'm fine with that don't worry they they lost all they wanted today all right. I mean, see, it makes no difference to me. I mean, sure, uh, no Browns. They're owned by the Haslam's. All, you know, whatever. Cool, cool, cool. doesn't matter to me. What matters to me is that the Columbus crew win. And guess what, baby? We did. And, Doug, you and I won. We reviewed the crew. The fans won. The, the, the listeners won. They, they reviewed the crew. We all reviewed the crew. And that's it for the crew review. I'm done. And as always, for Massive done. Report, I'm Andrew Atkins. Crew Doug, review out. Out. We're out. But I got a whole outro I got to do it. Now I feel like it's just awkward to do it because you, you reviewed out on me. So. You got to sing it. You got to <sighs> sing it now. Wise men say. I'm, I'm going to fade hey, right now. Fading into it. Only fools. You join me, Doug. Rush, Rush in. in. But I but can't, can't help. help. Falling. Falling. We're done. We're done here. Goodbye, we'll see you next time when we review the crew.